0: Can I start? Yeah. Okay. Good evening, everybody. We're here at, um, this is live from the table. We're here at the Comedy Cellar. My name is Noam Dorman. I'm the host of this show. We're on Sirius XM Radio for as long as they'll have us. To my right, we have Periel Ashenbrand, our producer and on air personality. And, um, <laughs> and uh, of course, we have with us today um, Mr. Tyler Fisher. One of the great up-and-coming comedians in New York City and in the, the United States of America.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, So uh, last week we talked a little bit about this New Yorker article. Hmm. Um oh, You already got into it last week. A little bit. I yeah. went on a rant, but I noticed I was so mad that I didn't finish my sentences. Why don't you guys stop me when I don't finish sentences?
2: Oh my God, you were... So I was scared to say anything. You were when you get like that, it's like you can't even talk to you. And then then you said that like you were interrupted. You were just enraged. And as I I didn't
0: say I was interrupted. I said that Dan said stupid stuff. Right. To under undermine me. I didn't say he interrupted me. (laughs) Continue.
2: I've said before. I don't understand why you ever allow anybody to talk to you from the press because every single time you do, you are so angry afterwards. And, I mean, that was how we met, actually, right? The New Yorker wrote a piece that totally mischaracterized The Table. All
0: right. Well, listen. First of all— this Table? D- no, The Table. They uh, did oh. a piece—that's a whole other story, but I'm trying not to— Get angry and not finish my
2: sentences. Okay. You're not. You're
0: not correct. I'm not. That every time I've had, I've had many stories in the press that I thought were quite fair.
2: The one I wrote, that was uh, the why one that
0: you wrote. A
1: tablet, the pedophile uh, ring one. They were fair <laughs> about that. I Balanced. Would, I would say
2: that
0: uh, the Hollywood Reporter, in my experience, is one of the most fair and best edited outfits out there. Who? Um,
1: the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. That's a big one, huh?
0: That's a big one. Oh. Um. They, they did very right by me. And I've had other articles that were perfectly fine.
2: Okay, fair enough. I retract that statement then.
0: <clears throat> and the truth is that, not in this case, which we'll get into, but often I feel um, uh, uh, caught between a rock and a hard place when the press asks me for a comment or something because if it's something that happens in the world of comedy, mm-hmm. um, if they don't get a response from me, they'll likely go to, like, Caroline Hirsch or something, right? Right. And it's not smart for me to allow someone else to become the kind of spokesperson for comedy in New York. You know, that's a, that's a very—I mean, I'm sharing a very honest thing there, but so I feel like I have to comment on something sometimes I don't want to, and I try to be very careful because they will come to me first— and they'll stop coming to me if they keep getting
1: no comment. Right.
2: You're right. You're right about that. That's yeah. a good point.
1: So,
0: so that's, that's where this
1: comes to us. But now. Cause but, everybody wants a spokesman and it's right. They, they want a spokesman of a whole genre or issue when there's not necessarily any spokesman. But look, that's what the media wants.
0: I like being in the press. Um, when they represent what I've said or what I've done accurately Um, And accurately doesn't mean necessarily they have to agree with me. So, Mm. for instance, when I went through this whole Louis C.K. thing, there there were articles that were critical of me that I thought were quite fair Mm. uh, because they didn't leave out key facts. They didn't selectively quote things I was saying. It wasn't like that New York Times Daily podcast where they would, you know, Edit out sentences and then pick pick up the paragraph. The failing New York on. Times, <laughs> the fake news. No, fake news. But even that one turned out okay for me. But anyway, so so, and 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 this article is not really about me, and uh, many people would think that I'm overreacting. So let me let me start by explaining why it is that I'm so upset about these things and why I react so vociferously <laughs> vociferously to them. <laughs> Periel, you've heard of the analogy "death by a thousand cuts." Yes, I. W- have. What does that mean to you?
2: It mean well. It's not what it means to me. It's what it means. What I thought it, it was it death mean- by a thousand
1: cuts.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> really, do you
0: have to get me in trouble, also? Please.
2: <laughs> That's I'm, gonna be the. I'm title.
1: about to go into this podcast <laughs> defending the dating girl. scene in New <laughs> York. Let me sum yeah. that up okay. for okay. you. Right.
2: That's okay. gonna be the title right. of my next <laughs> memoir. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's that. So if you get one little cut, it's not that big of a deal. And another one and another one, maybe you just have a few little cuts. But after a thousand cuts, you know, you could die. Is that what that means? It's, me? it's more, I mean, that, that, <laughs> that's a but literal... It's,
0: it's, an, it's, an, it's an analogy. It's yeah,
2: like, so it means that, like, if... One time, a few times, you can let something go, but if it keeps happening over and over and over to, again. To
0: me, what it means is sort of what to me, what it means no, not, is, is on. that there are certain scenarios in life where no one thing is the cause of why something dies or fails or, or goes wrong. Tell that to Cosby. It's, it's, uh, shut up for a second. It's, it's all, it's all about <laughs> uh, the cumulative effect of many small things, none of which taken individually would seem that bad. Sure. Cuts. Your reputation can die from a thousand cuts. And the logic of that analogy implies that one has to react to the individual cut with seriousness. Because if he were to react to each individual cut as basically nothing, as small cuts— you will find yourself unable to stop the cumulative effect of all of them together. But the problem is you can look like a crazy person reacting to the single cut mm. because somebody watching, what's he getting so excited about? It's only a mention in a, in a thing, right? In an article. But the death by a thousand cuts is real. And we've had these cuts. Guy Branham writes this dumb story saying that we're anti-gay. You know, And I can go through various stories out of know, things with Louis, whatever it is. And I want to react to every one of those cuts because I don't want that cumulative effect. And by the way, they can also cascade. So there's something in a story about, like, Guy Branham says, you know, that the comedy seller is anti-gay or something. And then somebody comes to the anti-gay and anti-women or whatever he said. And so then somebody comes to, someone comes to the show. Are you going to do a Guy Branum imitation? No, <laughs> no I don't know. <laughs> and someone comes to the show and they don't see any women on the show or, or they don't see any gay people on the show for whatever reason. And they're like, yeah, I read that article. I, g- I guess it's true. I, you, you know, yeah, out of it, five people <laughs> on stage. Well, but the point is that so these things, yeah. these things can also cause a, 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 a petri dish for cognitive bias. Right. So, and also...
1: It bugs me. Oh, I bet it does. It, I, I yeah. can't imagine.
2: But I also think that it bugs you because you are a person who, above all else, you really value honesty and truth. All right. So, thank you, Perio.
0: Tell it to my wife. So, <laughs> 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 so in any case, we're going to go through the article. We're going to let Tyler uh, speak because he's implicated in this, too. But let me just start by saying <laughs> the URL, If you if you look up this story in The New Yorker, it's called a club for the canceled. Oh, yeah, I want to bring it a up. A club. Now we have, we have a club. So it immediately kind of uh, could imply the club. And if and the URL of the of the of the article says a club for the canceled and the Google mm-hmm. search return says it comes a club for the canceled. The the article is actually called the party is canceled. Which um, indicates to me that perhaps at the very last minute because of things I'm going to explain later they changed that that title mm-hmm. maybe there's another explanation I don't know but it's weird it says club for the canceled club for the canceled but the, the but the headline of the story is the party is canceled mm-hmm. all right whatever so this is an this is an article about th- these thought criminal quote thought criminal gatherings that this woman Pamela Pareski has been doing for many years where She gathers together people of, uh, I don't know, I I don't even know, uh, writers and intellectuals and apparently people who have been accused of improprieties, I didn't even know that, uh, to hang out and have dinner and talk about stuff. Now, my first introduction, I I reviewed it, and I misspoke about some things last week. My first introduction to this was from somebody, I don't want to mention his name, says this woman, Pamela Presky, wants to contact you, blah, blah, blah. So she invited me to this uh, party, and um, at that party, there were to be – I saw they got two really interesting writers, both of whom who wrote for – were contributing writers to The New Yorker. The (laughs) the New Yorker.
2: Wow, I didn't know that. (laughs)
0: Yes, And, and I'll tell you guys off the mic with it. The New Yorker. Now I and uh, and I'm interested in that. Now maybe this is a good time to stop and well, I'll I'll do it later. So, so I went to this one event. It was at Lulu's Cafe somewhere, and uh, the guy, one guy from the New Yorker, Juanita and I sat with him. He now writes for the New York Times. It was super interesting. I mean, just super interesting. I re- I was so happy to meet this guy. You know. And there were other people there who I didn't know, and I don't know their stories or whatever it was, but that's why I went there. And then somehow, and I became friendly with, with Pamela, and then somehow later, uh, a few weeks later or something, they were supposed to do another event, and I wasn't going to go, but at the last minute I got a call that the event, uh, the venue for some reason was no longer was no longer available. The venue had canceled whatever it was. Do you still have that spot uh, in front of the olive tree? I'm like, sure, you. I have that spot. You guys can come to the olive tree, the outdoor, the outdoor, dining dining the spot. shed. So I, I asked Liz, our manager, to set it up for them. And of course, because it's my nature, and it is my nature. Anybody knows me; it's my nature. I picked up the check because um, I just don't like taking money from people that I'm somehow socially involved with in, unless they're comedians so oh, i was gonna ask people <laughs> to get dinner after this <laughs> no it's it's just my nature it wasn't
2: anything it is your nature yeah and and uh
0: so i i picked up the check and then i'll and i'll you know kind of take a little tributary here and then they kept coming and i kept having to pick up the check <laughs> <laughs> but i, I don't even care about that but uh, but and uh, and uh, and you know just to know so i would ask liz uh, Liz said, do we, should we pick up the check? And I'd say, well, do they tip well? And Liz says, yeah, they tip very, very well, almost as much as the whole check would be. I said, okay, good, then pick up the check. Because the waitresses in the owl tree don't make, the waiters and waitresses in the alitry sometimes don't make a lot of money, and if they can make hundreds of dollars for this one yeah. one thing, then in a certain way, it, it, costs, it costs me some money. But it's, it's just a nice way for them to get a good hunk of money, Rather than if I charge them and it's a lot of work, and then all of a sudden the tip comes Plummies. way down because Plummies. they've all been paying, then it's kind of the opposite. Then the waiters and waitresses are working hard. Maybe they don't get much tip. It's for the boss's dumb friends or whatever they see them as. You know, a little so I, canceled club. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's kind of the thinking that goes into it. But the truth is, no matter what, I probably would have picked up the check because anybody who knows me. I, I, I always do. So that's the way it is. So I get a call or a text from Pamela. You know, these people want to do a story on her thought criminal events. Maybe I should find that. And um, so, now, I don't like to do press. I don't like to do press, but she presented it as a friend of hers or an acquaintance of hers would know. Like, it was giving me some sort of favorable thing uh, about her little thing. And so, for instance, we've had the most famous writers in the world on this podcast... And we all know that after we turn off the microphones, that's interesting. They'll, they'll start speaking much more openly, and so that's what I thought. That's how I would have described what this thought criminals thing was. It was. A-
1: I went to two, and and that was how it felt. It that- felt. I felt like, oh man, we're all just like you know, we're all just you know speaking freely, and and all taught, all types of people: lawyers, doctors. Okay. A lot of them weren't canceled. You know, a lot of them had very conflicting views on stuff. Well, but.
0: I want you to tell me later about the thing about people being canceled. So, um, anyway, so so I, so I agreed to speak to the press. So, the woman called me up and, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't record it like I normally would have. And I told her that uh, I can't give the names of people who go to the events, but she said, why do you host it? I said, well, this is a long tradition in my family, my father Used to host debates at the cellar, at the at the back table. That kind of atmosphere led to Colin Quinn's show, Tough Crowd. Oh, whoa. I went to law school. I love this kind of stuff. Even before that, at my dinner table, we would always talk about stuff. My father used to always like Dino Badala, who's the famous, you know, guy on CNN now, a, a, a Palestinian guy. My father would give him spots <laughs> Simply so he could talk about Palestine with him, you know, it's, it's like, spots at the club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to do stand up. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. So this was, you know, and and I I'm pretty sure I made it very very clear to her because it's it that I that I don't care what anybody's political point of view is. Yeah. Couldn't care less. As a matter of fact, I really do enjoy talking to people of all different points of view. And then maybe I should stop now and say that we've had events at this at our place done by. Mother Jones magazine. I'm friendly with David Corn. Well, I'm friendly with people at Slate. I'm friendly with people at the Atlantic. I'm friendly with people at The New York Times, CNN, uh, Wall Street Journal. If if I were to list the 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 names of the people who I'm like connected with politically that I want my emailing with or speaking mm. with or whatever it is, they're all like very mainstream people. So anyway, so every month. More than 200 people from the media academia and other intellectual circles are invited to a private hangout in New York City which is known as the gathering of thought criminals. There are two rules. The first rule is that you have to be willing to break bread with people who have been socially ostracized or as the attendees would say canceled. Now did you, now maybe um, did you know that? I think so. Whether they've lost a job, lost friends, or simply feel persecuted for holding unpopular opinions. Some people on the guest list are notorious elite professors who have deviated from campus consensus, who have broken university rules, and journals who have made a name for themselves amid public backlash. So, does um, that that sound right to you?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, other are relative nobodies who, for some reason. So, so what notorious elite professors do you think they're referring to? You know,
1: elite professors. Well, you know, could be Jordan Peterson, but <laughs> haven't seen him there. They hired me to just do his voice while I'm there.
0: So, for instance, I know, I know that uh, I don't see. I, it's hard to talk about. There's a um, Yale professor who had written about immigration, immigration, or something. Who had gotten in some trouble? I don't know, but I don't think she even came. Anyway, I'm skipping around. On average, the group probably leans right. At least when we compare it with the rest of the city. Okay. This is a quote by uh, no, this is the, the writer. But a few socialists go along with a contingent of libertarians such as Nick Gillespie who come ready for debate. So now it's interesting to me that you that you are aware of the 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 canceled aspect of it because Well, I you know what it is this depends what you mean by canceled. That's there's,
1: exactly what I was going to yeah. ask you.
0: There's, there are people who have who got in like hot water, as it were, for something that they tweeted, some editorial mm-hmm. position that they believe. That, that I guess, I, I was aware of, like this Yale professor sure. that I'm talking about. But I was not aware of, and you seem to have been, or maybe maybe I'm, uh, I'm not reading it right, that there were people who were accused of, of horrible personal behavior. You are aware of that? Oh, that I didn't know, no. That you didn't know? No. But you didn't know the breaking bread people who were accused of doing no, horrible no, things? No. no. Not at all? No. No email ever mentioned it?
1: No, no, and I, that's not the vibe. I mean, the people I talked to there were, you know, people that currently were professors at Yale or lawyers or, you know, I actually, I'd say I met more people that had, hadn't gone through that, you know, I think there was a good mix of both. All right, and I, I didn't see I, I wouldn't say it was a politically right leaning group either. From the people I talked to, right?
0: You wouldn't say it was right leaning.
1: No, I th- I mean again, it's easy to just say oh you have you you have contrary views to certain current woke to say woke things. Uh, it's easy to say oh, you must be on the right, but no, it seemed really balanced.
0: So it starts. just uh, I, I Skip around, She talked about some of the event, the people who attended the event. One of Pamela's friends. Um, in 2012, when she was a junior to Harvard, wrote an editorial dismissing race-based affirmative action programs. So she goes into some detail here about Siskind. Siskin is now 31. We're on the second paragraph here. She's got a dream job. She's a stand-up comic. Uh, I, I, you know that's that's a very loose term. Stand-up comic. anybody who calls himself as a stand-up comic is a stand-up comic. I don't know that she's a working stand-up comic. Um, and then for another paragraph, Siskin, one of the parts, worst parts about her notoriety. Now, does it, her, what notoriety? I'm, I'm bringing it up because in the article, they start focusing not not on what this meeting is about and not on why people feel they need to have this meeting, which to me would be the interesting thing. Why are all these people getting together? Right. Why do they feel they need to have a, a semi-private meeting uh, uh, way to meet just to have a conversation as opposed to kind of exposing the checkered past yeah. of these people, which is is okay as sure. a detail to the whole story, but it crowds out any substantive discussion of what it is about the current atmosphere that, mm-hmm. that draws people to events like this, that would draw people from—and let's go— I mean, the New Yorker, the New York Times, uh, important people.
1: Yeah, Yale professors. Have gone to these events
0: or are on her guest list and and associated with these events. Okay. Most often, the group meets at the Olive Tree Cafe, the restaurant above the comedy cellar in Greenwich Village. The Olive Tree is a bit of a scene for dissidents in the city. Now,
1: Now, do they meet? They don't meet there the most often.
0: uh, Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Oh. Now, this is where it gets in. So, the fact checkers called me about this at first. And they, somewhere in that, they wrote, when they, he read this part to me, Dwarman hosts these people because he's fed up with the uh, progressive liberal orthodoxy. And I said, wait a second. I never, the guy read it to me. I mm. never said that. Mm. And he says, oh, no, that wasn't a quote of yours. That's just. <laughs> something that the reporter wrote. I said, well, that's just not true. That has nothing to do with the reason that I host these things. I told the woman the reason I hosted these things. I, I hosted these things because I like debate, debate at yeah. my, going on at my event. These are New York times writers, New Yorker writers, uh, some, you know, well-known pe- people. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm nice about it. And I, I don't even go to the events, but I, I like that kind of stuff happening at my event. It, I couldn't have anything less to do with progressive liberal orthodoxy because I would have hosted it. It was from the Nation, and anybody who knows me knows that that's true. Like it's, it's like in in a certain way, it's even the opposite because I'm most excited, as Periel knows, to get my claws into someone who I really, someone of a particular ilk who I really disagree with. I don't, I don't like meeting with people who are nasty. And some people can be nasty, but like if there's a person that I respect as a, as a, per, like, you know, Christopher Hitchens used to quote uh, Wodehouse, uh, a feast of reason and a flow of soul. There's certain people who like to get together and have it out, have a feast of reason and a flow of soul, have a few drinks, become like sparring partners. Mm-hmm. And I like that way more than hanging out with someone who says, so yeah, yeah, you agree with me? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you agree. I agree with that too. Sure. That's not fun for me. Yeah. So, it has nothing to do. No. So she just put it right in my mouth. And and later on, I'll skip ahead, it said that the reason— well, maybe I should just go to that now. And the reason—and Tyler Fisher, Dwarman latched onto him. I'm pretty sure that's the phrase. It latched onto him because of a Dylan Mulvaney. Um, no,
1: that couldn't be less true. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so now you'll see later in the article it says it they did change it to— I agreed to audition you as a courtesy to Pamela. But that was only because I screamed at the fact checker. So there was something else the fact checker said to me. And I said, listen, I want to stop this right now. I said, are you recording this? He said, no, sir, I'm not. I said, I wish you were recording this because I'm not recording it because I want this um, memorialized because this is not okay. I said, I want to speak to an editor. Can you put down the phone and go get an editor for me to speak to because this has nothing to do with what – I've said, and it's not true. And the fact checker says to me, "I know how you feel. I'm a customer of yours. I "I know how you feel. I'm a customer of yours." So then, and then, and my son Manny was in the car, and uh, and he's only uh, he's only uh, almost ten, but he understood, and he was has a very good memory, and uh, and he was able to remind me of certain things that were said. Um, and. Uh, They said, well, uh, I'll have the the editor or the writer, either one or the other or both. I forget exactly what I said, but the point was I was going to get a call back. I think in the end he he said the editor wouldn't be the right person, that the writer would call me back. So I agreed to stop the conversation then and wait for the writer to call me back, making it very clear that my position was, this story is false. Mm. I, will, I do not want to sign on to anything in terms of agreeing to it as fact-checkers want you to agree to stuff because I object to this whole story outright. I never got a call back from the writer.
2: Wow.
0: But there were certain things that were changed. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, and this is a subtle point, there are other things in this article now which you might read and say, well, maybe she didn't mean it that way, or maybe that's not the kind of impression they were trying to create. But you have to understand, in the original context, where Dwarman was fed up with the progressive orthodoxy, Dwarman latched on to Tyler Fisher. There's no question <laughs> what the he story... He makes him
1: wear a wig on stage. <laughs> no, you get
0: what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's no question what yeah. those other sentences means, mean. Those other sentences filled in. They were the concrete right. between these bricks which no longer exists. It's very difficult now just to look at that concrete and say, well, I don't know how big the bricks were, you know, you know. I don't know what was what this was holding together. So I'm telling you this is what it was holding together. So, it says the olive tree is a bit of a scene for dissidents in the city even beyond Pareski's group. Now, who are the dissidents? The people that I host in my circle, like I've said, are people from the New York Times, the Atlantic, mm. Uh, slate the wall street journal i'm trying to trying to think of people that i'm most that you would mostly cnn like who do you see me like who, who, um last week uh somebody very important from npr was down there um a very important person um do they whisper like this no no um i i don't even know who it is so the only person I could think that maybe they would say is a dissident is my friend Coleman Hughes. I don't know. Is he a dissident? Because uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that a dissident? He, no. He just he just did a TED talk for Christ's sake. That's, no. He's not a dissident? Almost the most measured, just like even keeled, logical thinker. Well, I don't think he's a dissident. But in a, I'm trying to. View it through the mindset of somebody no. who looks at the world that way. That a that a black guy who somehow is um, for colorblind policies mm. is. I mean, in, in some sense, maybe that is a dissident by some definition of the word. But I, that it's really a stretch. But a scene for dissidents, a no. scene for dissidents, no, no. So of course, you as you know. Of course, I I, I was peppering um, David Remnick with emails and peppering the uh, the writer with emails. Said, Can you please give me the name of a dissident? No.
1: You know what? How I forgot so- to do. The fact checker called me three times. Uh, the morning the article came out, and I didn't I didn't call him back. I was dealing with some negotiating something, um, so I need to call him because I'm. Fuck. I, 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 yeah. Do you leave his number? Yeah, I have his number. Should I call him right now? No, we're gonna call him together. Okay. Um, the owner of the th- so and he's a big fan of the club, by the way.
0: Yeah, must be the same guy. I th- yeah, I think I th- he had an accent, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He said, "I'm a customer of yours." Yeah, he loves it. So I, I hope I don't get him in trouble. But I know. think he probably I mean, he called me three times in a row, so he must have he must have wanted to call to clear up and say, "Hey, they didn't clear up the things that you that you changed."
0: Oh, he called you three times after you the initial conversation you had
1: with, and after the article came out. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we're going to get to you, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to um, hog all this, but we're going to get to you in a second. So, uh, scene for dissidents, Noam Dorm, the owner of the Comedy Cellar, and the restaurant picks up the tabs for the gag- gatherings. Now it says, he likes that his venues can be used for lively debate, but this is what the fact checker put in. It didn't used to say that. Mm. The cellar is, and then it says, the cellar is now, scene for dissidents, fed up with the progressive orthodoxy. This is the original construction, and then it says, doesn't say lively debate. The Cellar is known for a place where controversial entertainers, plural, can perform. In 2017, Louis C.K. apologized for abusing his power as a high-profile comic in order to masturbate in front of female comedians and was subsequently dropped by Netflix, HBO, FX, and his management agency. But less than a year later, he was on stage at The Cellar again. He is now back touring nationally and internationally. So, now, look, Louis is controversial. We let him perform here, as does what every other club in the country. I, I don't yeah, know. I don't I've know. Those, seen him up a bunch of clubs. Yeah, and at uh, Madison Square Garden, and tiny he, venue. Yeah, and he won a Grammy. But uh, that we are a known place, known where controversial entertainers can perform. Well, actually, you know what? Behind the scenes, Perry knows this. There are people I don't book. You know this because. You know, for whatever reasons, I haven't booked them. I don't. I don't like. I prefer not to book controversial entertainers. We're not looking for controversy. But yeah, uh, there there are some controversial There's one controversial controversial entertainer who performs here. Um, but they say entertainers, plural, and that's not being petty. Sure. Because well- otherwise, I could have written. Cellar is a place known where Louis CK performed but just this long exposition yeah. on Louis CK on, on the ugly yeah. details re- of the we Louis CK we remember we remember we know like what this yeah. is obvious progressive orthodoxy picks up the tab Louis CK and if you case you know for masturbating in front yeah. of... so this is where it was and then it goes on um di- diners crowd into maroon leather booths drinking beer and eating wings under Dim, hanging lights. Listening to Queen and Queen's Oil Revival." They they checked with me that it was, is it true that it was Queen and Clearance And I said, "That was yeah." That is the station we listen to. Only a dozen people had showed up, fewer than usual because the group had been told I would be I would be there reporting. Correct. The people I saw were mostly white. Now this always intrigues me. Um, if I were an editor, I would say, well, that could mean that 51 uh, out of 100. Were white, forty nine sure. out of one hundred being black, in a in a country of thirteen percent or even a city that would be a hell of a big number of black people. So I would say, why don't you go back and put the actual number? Mm. What does mostly white mean? Now I have no idea how many white or black people were there, but obviously this is a this is all part this is all of course, piece yeah. of a of a kind of thing like let's 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 innuendo. We're mostly white," Pareski says. She doesn't really pay attention to the racial breakdown of the guest list. Now, that's not in quotes. So I would like—I bet
1: you she said it. Even if it was an equitable group, it would be mostly white. You know, if there was— pro- you know, everybody wants equity, which means we want the exact percentage of the population at everything. So that would still be well on point.
0: No, let me—I don't—I I would say differently. I went to a Billy Joel concert. It was mostly white. I went to a meeting of the writer's room in the New Yorker magazine. It was mostly white. I mean, this is, you know, you, you, you bring that up when you're trying to make a mm. point that this is problematic. So if she wants to make the point that it was problematic, she should make it, you know? I, I know that I've seen black people. There were black people... Uh, just in general in your life? No, I think including my wife who is of color, not white. There, there was a good number of there was one, two, three, four, five black uh, people of color at the event I went to out of maybe I don't
1: know, fifteen well, people. It wasn't relevant, was, was, though. No, I mean, but we, it wasn't But no, I'm saying it, was, it wasn't this is like what happens. Now everyone goes and they have to count and go, No, you know, it wasn't it's sad it that wasn't that a, a white this. bread thing.
0: Um, I I have been to like uh, Democratic fundraisers at Gotham Comedy Club one time, which I had 300 people there, and my wife was the only person of color there except for the people who were serving the drinks. Mm. The only person of color there. This is a h- elite liberal gathering that I was invited to. The only person of color. So, you know, you can, you can say these however you want. Anyway, but that's not inaccurate, I guess. It's just it's irrelevant, though. Yeah. Completely irrelevant. So then it goes on. So now we get to um to uh where are you? Why did I write this down here? Oh, so then another uh uh oh this is where Tyler Fisher. Okay. Um I'll just read it. I'm picking up the middle. They all had different stories for how they had ended up on the guest list. Ricky Schlott. A 22-year-old journalist who dropped out of New York University during the pandemic had become friends with Pareski on the chat app Clubhouse. What happened to
1: Clubhouse? Clubhouse? I think it failed. It was big for a while. Big yeah, because of the COVID. pandemic. We were all just desperate. Oh, I did it. Was? it. Yeah. I laid on the couch depressed, didn't listen to that crap.
0: Schlott had been looking to have, looking for a forum to have conversations beyond her campus where she felt like she had to hide, where she had to hide books by Thomas Sowell, a prominent conservative economist, under her mattress. Now listen, she doesn't say that he's a prominent conservative black economist, which is like the first time I've ever seen Thomas Saul mm-hmm. mentioned and not mentioned that his his race was
1: They only use it when it favors their <laughs> that's right. point.
0: She doesn't mention that Thomas Sowell, like that's his, he is the most famous, perhaps the most famous black intellectual alive today. Yeah. Thomas Sowell. Right or maybe I mean I shouldn't say the other. some people would, would dispute that. But he's he's up definitely there. That's for he's sure. definitely in the top one percent or top point 0.1%. Um, um, he's a giant, you know, Thomas yeah. Sol, and not just in matters of race but also in matters of economics. And uh, she doesn't mention his race. All right, a prominent conservative economist uh, under the cut. Originally, Pireski recruits a new thought criminal by DMing them on Twitter while they're facing backlash. That's how she met, dun-dun-dun, Tyler Fisher, an actor and comedian who has found modest social media fame by posting parody videos, including a crude series mocking Dylan Mulvaney, the social media star, who make TikToks about her gender transition. Pareski put Fisher into... Oh, we'll get to that. So now, what,
1: what do well, you... Well, first of all, I've been making content for 15 years, you know, so I've built my following up from... Stand up, being in movies, being in TV.
0: Yeah, but she did get turbocharged by the, that's the first time oh, barely, I ever heard you barely, barely, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, my my my, my following was already up, you know, probably seven hundred thousand across platforms. It maybe went up five thousand. So, it's, oh, really? In this, in the scheme of things, I, I have a viral hit every, every week or two. I didn't know. And it, and my following will go up one thousand or two thousand, and that's been happening for for years.
0: Now she says including a crude series mocking Dylan Mulvaney. I, you know what? I go back and forth on that construction. What do you think of that?
1: Well, crude is her opinion. I don't. You know. I mean, I I I do the same thing when I do Trump or Biden or Owen Wilson. You know, I do the same thing with every impression I do. But this is the protect the new protected class of somebody in the LGBTQIA or somebody who is not white. It becomes crude and people like this his eyes but i reject it so let me tell you when i wholeheartedly
0: when i saw that uh video of you imitating dylan mulvaney this was him imitating dylan mulvaney's uh famous video where she talks about normalizing the bulge and you know hmm. because she's trans you, you, she has a penis bulge, she doesn't want i didn't change much no you didn't touch it. She, no. she doesn't she doesn't want to tuck it so because that's a whole nother video sure so she um uh, says so she decided the best thing to do was to normalize the. Well, she says, normalize. She sings it. So, I saw you do that. I never, I'd never seen you before.
1: Yeah, God forbid you poke fun at someone normalizing, normalizing, a female bulge.
0: Yeah, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I was not. I didn't. I didn't laugh at that. I didn't like that video you did. It wasn't that funny. Yeah, and, and I didn't like it because, and this is probably wrong of me. Uh, I wasn't comfortable mocking Dylan Mulvaney for some reason. Now,
1: even in the privacy, in the privacy of my you're own told, home, that's what you're told to do. No, ten years ago, you, there's no way you you wouldn't have thought twice about it. I'm trying to examine
0: my feelings, where that comes from. I don't I don't know, and I went back and watched it. again. I I think I. I Don't get me wrong. I think it's fair game. I I didn't think you did anything wrong. It's also
1: like like as a as a comedian nowadays, especially with you see how much content people that was. I improvised that. That was a throwaway. That was. I need to put a video up today. I mean, I've got probably three thousand videos now. So that was like I saw that clip. Someone sent it to me. I filmed a selfie video, one take, put it up. It got millions of views. I,
0: you know, I don't think it had to do with the trans so much. I think I just always don't really like uh, uh, send ups of people that uh, would hurt the feelings of the people being sent sent up. I've I've always kind of like shied away from. Yeah, that.
1: but everybody's feelings. If you do a Trump, you know, Trump up probably doesn't no, like that's people. Trump, it, Bill Maher wouldn't even watch Kyle Dunnigan doing him, and he does him perfect. But I don't think
0: his feelings are hurt. I think it makes him uncomfortable. It's not the same thing. But anyway, I'm again, I'm not.
1: But you also do you're presuming that just because it's a trans person their feelings would be hurt by an impression. Maybe. And that's the coddling crap that's so that's so, when, not,
0: so when I when I when I got advanced uh uh wind of the way Michelle Wolf was going to be making fun of Sarah Huckabee Sanders at the at the uh dinner I was like ah I I I I wasn't
1: crazy about that either. Um, but did she do almost an, an accurate Uh, impression she didn't do an impression because I didn't again I didn't change
0: much no no listen it's fine what you did but I didn't so crude is an interesting but anyway so that's so that and then in the original it said that somehow that's when I
1: latched on to you right no, and we fought about that the the, the first time we met. We well, not we fought. We debated about it. What did we debate? I didn't remember about that. about the video about trans stuff. It was not you didn't you didn't uh, agree with it. I so, didn't agree with it. So my point even, is even that's then. completely incorrect. Even then, when I first met, Absolutely. you, I, I told you I didn't agree with it. Yeah, oh, part of me oh, was oh, like, I might fantastic. not want this club because I did an impression of a trans person, which is kind of what anyone would think. I'm so happy. I had no recollection of that. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And but but it's. I'm very happy you said it because it can it. I ought to make it clear to the listener that I'm being honest here. Yeah. That was my actual response, and I wasn't even afraid to tell you when I met you. So I didn't latch on to you, and it's not because I'm hosting dissidents. No,
1: no, not at all. And I had already kind of let go of performing here, so it was kind of good because it didn't matter. I didn't need to impress you and vice versa. No, we, oh. we debated about it. That, that's fantastic. So Okay. Yeah. So, but of course, so Pareski
0: put Fisher in touch with Dwarman. Well, that's not true. She just brought you down here. Or did she put you in touch
1: with me? Um, so she facilitated it one way. Or yeah, way. I sent a video to SD or you or
0: something Yeah. So, and we didn't like the video. So then you came down here. <laughs> you came down here with um, uh, Pamela, right? I'm. That was the first time I met Pamela. Yeah. So yeah, again, that was the first time you met her. That was the first time and I she met. She brought you down to the olive tree. Was when we all sat at the olive tree. And I agreed to let SD audition you. Yeah. I don't even think I went down to the audition. No, no, you did. Be- and the reason I didn't go to the audition is I didn't expect you to do well.
1: <laughs> no, this is true. And yeah, you I, and didn't I, even know I did stand up when we met. I remember we met. and You go, do you do, you do any stand up? And I was like, that's actually mostly what I do. This yeah. other stuff is just kind of.
0: I think at some point somebody in the olive tree said, yeah. Like, they said, hey Tyler. When, like people came up, they were recognizing you. Oh something. yeah, yeah. So man, I said, all right. And I didn't go down because I expected you not to do well. Because usually people who become famous for these kind of things do not do well when they as stand up. Right, right. And then if, if I didn't if I didn't see you, then I wouldn't have to say. Oh, that was great! <laughs> I hate, I, oh, absolutely! I,
1: oh, I don't blame you at I hate all. It makes me sweat thinking about it.
0: So I didn't, I didn't watch, but you did great. As he's like, "Oh my god, he's great!" I said, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> chalk one up for Pamela Piresky." <laughs> Fisher, Fisher yeah, performed I thank well. Weekly I, for that. Now this is where I get it. Fisher performed well, and now he does about fifteen shows a week at the venue. Now this in between sets on the evening, I was there. He swung through the swung by the thought criminal table upstairs. Fisher claims. Fisher claims he had this. a hard time getting a talent manager because he's a white man. Now again, put this in the context I hate that of part. it's affirmative action. Yeah, Thomas, the, the, the Tom, what was the other uh, thing about? Oh, a majority non
1: all white dissidents there. Were yeah.
0: Mostly mostly white people. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't say white dissidents. Okay, now. What is the actual story that you told the reporter about this white talent manager thing?
1: I, the, see, I don't go down the identity politics route. I wouldn't say, hey, it's hard for white men right now. I mean, I have a joke about it on stage. People know I'm joking. Yeah, And then I'll like, p- you know, pound a white guy and everyone yeah. laughs, whatever. Um, I said, I've had many managers. I've had many of agents. I've been on TV. I've done the, I did the Hollywood thing. Uh, Jim Carrey's manager brought me in. I signed with one of his junior managers. Nothing happened. I didn't chalk that up to the white thing, but I left them. I left Jim Carrey's management company because they just weren't getting me auditions. The The one I cited was uh, an agent who said, uh, it's too tough out there for white dudes. I have that email. He fired me. So that's evidence of that. The next one that brought me in to scout me um, said, we want to work with you. We love you. They st- watch me kill on stage and then they said look we got bad news we're not hiring, hiring white guys anymore and then i recorded it cuz i was like what the fuck this is insane and i'm ta- and i'm i have a lawsuit with them at the supreme court so i was very clear do not say that when the fact checker wrote that to me i was like you better say i'm only citing a specific incident and i'm not going to take i'm not going to be the spokesman for all white people or white men all right. so yeah now th- now the phrase he has He
0: had a hard time getting a talent manager. It sounds like belly aching, right? That's the way I took it. I mean, it's victimhood crap. It's terrible. Yeah. But now, 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 let's juxtapose here. There's other paragraphs here, multiple paragraphs going into people's the details of things that happened to people in 2012 when they were at Harvard, whatever it is.
1: And they can't go into any detail on that. Zero
0: detail about the current situation that you're having. Yeah. That perhaps leads you. To uh, embrace the thought criminal uh, uh, ethic,
1: yeah, because I can't talk about it even around comedians. They're like, oh shut up! Yeah. I have people every night going, "Just drop the lawsuit. What are you doing?" You know. So I... It's it was
0: a—it's a, a fascinating story. You're suing somebody. This will this this is the kind of case which could actually go to the Supreme Court, right? This is yeah, the, it's a real case. Yeah. I presume somebody's taking it somewhat somewhat uh, uh, on spec because you don't have the money to. to
1: oh yeah, yeah. Someone's doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, um. Zero mention of it, zero exposition of it, if that's the right way to use that word. So, uh, um, he recently just just basically he's one of these white guys complaining. One of these yeah, one of the, one of the yeah. mostly white people at this thing was belly aching about being white. So he recently he recently acted. That's my characterization of it. Yeah,
1: it's he terrible. recently
0: acted in a movie called Terror on the Prairie, a western about a pioneer family that gets attacked by outlaws, co-produced by the conservative media company The Daily Wire. <laughs> now that's interesting uh now did you seek out the daily wire
1: no they reached out to me they saw my my videos i had a video going viral every couple of days they dm'd me and just said hey t- this is a funny question Do you want to audition for this new movie gina carano's in and i said sure send me the script
0: so you think that they did they did pick you out because of what they perceived your politics to be
1: no no I, no
0: i mean i, I would think so I, I I, have I I don't to like with, the Daily Wow, and look, I, especially it, on the way they, they talk about trans things and stuff like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if they saw somebody making fun of it. It was um ages.
1: no it was my f- no 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 that that just ha- when I met you I mean again I've had ten years of viral videos uh it, it was my Fauci impression that was going viral I was hmm. doing Fauci during the pandemic just going you know where ate Matt whatever so that's you what they it, saw do- <laughs> you know uh, really uh I didn't say two weeks to flatten the curve Noam. I said we're too weak. <laughs> the curve—it's not humanly possible.
0: Okay, and then they, and then they go on to uh, mischaracterize Gina Carano's tweet, which was not about. Again,
1: look at the detail on that tweet, I, and, and not mentioning my lawsuit. Yeah, they, they went to a, 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 a Gina. I don't
0: want to get—I don't want get to sidetracked at Gina Carano's yeah. tweet, but the notion that her tweet was anti-Semitic.
1: Yeah, it wasn't, and I love Gina. I'm very you know, close. The, with the
0: it. article doesn't call it anti-Semitic, but the that the the people who fired her claimed it was anti-Semitic. She, the writer here, says it was like, that Gina Carano was saying being Jewish in Nazi Germany was like being conservative in America today. That's not what she was saying. Anyway, Fisher told me that the criticism he's received for his comedy has escalated his desire
1: to tell edgy jokes. Wrong. I told, I said, take that out. It's not what I said. But what did you say? I said... After being called transphobic and racist and a straight white evil man, all of things which aren't true, it opened me up to to making jokes about more things. I didn't okay, say but they're the controversial. Thing. I didn't say they're edgy.
0: They recorded their interview with you, right? She recorded her interview with you? Yeah. So if you said that to the fact checker and it went back to her and she decided to stay with it, I think that means that she thinks she had something on the recording which would back her up? Is that... I'm is that-
1: uh, sure if she skewed it. I'm sure if she sh- skewed it in some way. Well, but think about it. Like No, I because I'm always very clear to say I'm not doing edgy jokes. E- everyone in the crowd is going to take a different joke a pun could set off the crowd versus a priest pedophile okay, joke. Actually, you know let I me mean?
0: finish, because there, there is a direct quote of you here. Okay. To tell edgy jokes resulting in, quote, this cornered rat feeling where I end up saying things I would never have said. I would have never said. That's a direct quote from you. This cornered rat feeling, where I end up saying things I would. have Yeah, never but they seen.
1: didn't put any context where that quote so what came. What was the context? That quote came in earlier when I said, after being called transphobic and racist and homophobic, when I was raised by gay men. You know, i I've, he he was that's not a, he,
0: Tyler actually was raised by gay men. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, and a mom, but I had to. anyways. Um, so I was a, I, I've been immersed in that. That uh, a gay man can't be a mom. Gay man. <laughs> go, 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 go. Sorry, because gets mad
0: if I assume it. Go ahead. So I said that I don't you, mean to be You feel this, like so. a ahead.
1: cornered rat when people are accusing you of all these things, and then uh, you're an anti vaxxer So I just said, I ended up, I ended up uh, joking and, and and commenting on things I never would have, which because is a completely
2: of different thing than what's written. Right, right, right. Well, I don't know. I've t- I've t- well, it is. I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like it was taken taken out of part context. of a sentence that was taken out of context from describing something else. Well,
0: give me an example of something that you said because of this corner rat feeling which you would never otherwise say or something you, would, you did or a context where that's that would
1: occur. Even getting on stage and going, it's tough out here for white guys with resting January 6 face, things like <laughs> that. I wouldn't I would have never even said it's tough for some white guys or brought up my, I've, I've talked about my lawsuit on your stage before. I would have never done that. So it's like, I was just, uh, I was, so th- so I the was reacting. Not edgy, so it's not, it's no. not like
0: offensive.
1: It's more like uh, uh, personal in some way. It's or? more like, okay, I just got fired for being white. Now I'm going to talk about that. So I'm saying it opened up all these new things I would have never talked about or experienced. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, you can yeah, the listener can just judge for themselves what sure. they think about that. His fans at the cellar. Now this is where uh, his fans at the cellars aren't scandalized by his provocative lines. Now this implies that this cornered rat thing is all taking place at the cellar, and that you're saying things which are could be scandalous. They're starving, Fisher said. Like several of the thought shows I spoke with, Fisher is someone whose career seems to have thrived from the aura of cancellation.
1: Again, I, I, I stopped around that. I said, there's no evidence of that. Because also, I had a very successful Hollywood career happening where I was being scouted by SNL. And so I said, you can't really say. I may have been way bigger if I kept my agents and kept auditioning. So I, I'm not going to say. Is there
0: an say- aura of cancellation about you? No,
1: no. I, I No, I never claimed to be canceled. I said, if anything, like the Does word anybody- I would, it's- I would describe it as like, pre-canceled, you know what I mean? My wasn't a celebrity. Uh, well,
0: where'd she get this from? That phrase, an aura of cancellation.
1: Aura of, I mean, that sounds like that's her her opinion.
0: Okay. Right. Helping him define his brand among a certain audience. As one Reddit user put it, well, quoting a Reddit user. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even been on Reddit. As one Reddit user, <laughs> one, as, one, as one Reddit what? user put it, People are dropping dead from these vaccines, <laughs> as one Reddit user put it. There's, there's aliens black, in my backyard, Lord, <laughs> as I one mean, Reddit user. Can I just here for a second? Women are not menstruating anymore because of the co- because the Holocaust never happened. <laughs> okay, <as> one, <laughs> like it's pathetic. As one Reddit, is there anything? Is there any, is there any lo- lower yeah. credible? They need to five. quote as, as one, as one, not even, <laughs> yeah. as one Reddit user put fun. it. Two. Canceling this guy doesn't seem to be working. He's blowing up. As one Reddit user put it. (laughs) What the
2: how do they what
0: how do they is this is I mean
2: of all the things I'm saying though, how is the New Yorker using that as citing evidence? If I even said that to you on this podcast.
0: Oh I do make fun of you all the time, as one meme said. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. (laughs) But it's no different. As the meme says, (laughs) Kentucky
1: fried chicken is not chicken.
0: Right. As one, <laughs> ha, as one Reddit user said,
1: you know. Well, you know why? It's because they don't. They have to spin it, so they have to pull. It from I, I want to make shit. this point. I can't just come out and say it. So let
0: me find a Reddit exactly. user who said it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually. By the way, nobody
1: at the seller. I have occasionally. I have fans that just happen to be there, right? Fans from around the country, but they're not. It's not. It's not my fans there. These are strangers seeing me for the first time, which is significant. All right, so I, I was going to there. And then and then
0: later on, just one other thing before we've done enough of this stuff. Um, it goes into great detail about a man named um, Stephen Elliott. He's an edge case, Peresky told me. He's the person who tests the limits of what kind of behavior even the most good willed and open minded people might be willing to tolerate. In the media circles, many people would be able to tell you why. Ellie, Elliott, the founder of the influential. Literary, okay, I I read that, but he's the edge case, end quote. Then the the writer writes, Green writes, the person who tests the limits of what kind of behavior even the most good-willed and open-minded people might be willing to tolerate. In media circles, many people would be able to tell you why. Elliot, the founder of the influential literary website, The Rumpus, was included on the shitty media men list that circulated among women in the industry in 2017. On the spreadsheet... Where they made anonymous accusations against men in the field. Elliot was accused of rape. He later sued the spreadsheet's creator, Moara Donegan, for defamation. This kills me. This he later sued the defamation uh, for defamation, the creator for defamation, prompting condemnation from his publisher, Grey Wolf Press, along with his friends and colleagues. Donegan agreed to settle this winter, and Elliot received a six-figure sum. So one ex-girlfriend says. <laughs> so, There was an anonymous accusation of rape. To clear his name, he sued. Green finds it significant that his publisher and his friends condemned him for suing. But he got a six-figure settlement. It's like... I'm I'm accused of rape. I say, I didn't fucking rape them. I'm going to sue this person. Yeah. And my friends say, no, you shouldn't sue. And then when the person I'm suing is forced to put up or shut up, they say, okay, I'm going to settle for six, six figures. Six figures. And six figures can be $999,000, yeah. right? Um. So you'd think the fact that they settled is somehow vindication. Of course. that I mean, when Donald, when Donald Trump settles a lawsuit... They run with that as Donald Trump, you know, being afraid to to stand by his guns. Right? He settled. There was a, there was an accusation. There was an accusation against Donald Trump of sexual. Law. He settled. Looks bad, and it does look bad. Sure,
1: but it also also going to avoid a five year lawsuit. This man sued.
0: Now we don't know the ins and outs. Maybe it was because the guy was anonymous. I don't know what. But anyway, this man sued and was given a six figure settlement. And she casts it as still somehow negative because his his publisher condemned him for it. I mean, this is thick as hell. Yeah. And then it goes on to—now, what's interesting is I did some research. The New Yorker never mentioned the names from the shitty media list uh, website in past articles. And there was one article in The New Yorker which called that list immoral. The idea of just being able to put a spreadsheet, people could write whatever they want on a spreadsheet, and then it goes out there, these accusations. The New Yorker, one writer in the New Yorker, found that to be probably immoral. That's my recollection of what I, I should have brought the quote. Now, she's talking about this guy over and over and over, how he's accused for rape. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs, I think, six or seven oh. paragraphs about this guy. Just one line about you. Yeah. Yeah. Six or seven paragraphs about this guy. Yeah,
1: and I have a lawsuit actually going, possibly to the Supreme Court. I didn't sa- I didn't settle. Yeah. So, um, now, I I mean that's that's be-
0: where's the other. He remembers uh, the stream of allegations effectively ended Elliot's literary career. He remembers the first time he showed up a thought criminal gathering at the Olive Tree. When all your friends turn on you, you become suspicious suspicious of other people. He said. But when Pam with Pamela, it was like these are all people who have decided they're not going to join the mob. The group became a lifeline. He said, for about a year, I barely went outside. If Pamela had a thing, I might just fly to New York. Okay, well, that's, that's actually interesting. Mm. That's actually, I'd say that's legitimate to write about. Um, now, I just want to say that I didn't know anything about these canceled people. Um, I'm not attracted to canceled people any more than someone who believes that illegally obtained evidence is attracted to murderers. I'm against cancellation because I'm repulsed by everything that goes with that. Um, I'm a, a repulsed by the, the mob of it. I'm repulsed by the fact that what happens to these people is not proven and yet the punishments are worse than mm. uh, what the law would give out. I um, uh, I'm turned off by the obvious bullying, the glee, the glee that people take in having kind of the, the license to be abusive to other people because they believe that these people did something, I'm turned off by the hypocrisy of people who have all themselves or many of them themselves have done things they should be ashamed of or certainly know people close to them who have done things they should be ashamed of. Who they don't cancel, and uh, is that is that enough things to be turned off by by cancellation? Up there, the, the mob. Um, I get no glee, and would get no glee in sitting down with
1: someone accused of rape.
0: I mean, you know, but you know, if, if Pamela. Well, they're her- all
1: also. Everyone's not wearing this on their shirt. I think no. that's one one thing to be clear about. No one's there going, "What did you do? What do you?" Everyone's just going, we can hang out, we know we can say, you know, we can speak openly. It's not an identity. We don't have our own flag yet, which maybe we should get a flag.
2: Sa- that's not what it sounds like, though. It sounds like, from the way that piece is written, is that that is what it's like, is that everybody's like, oh, I did this. What did you do?
0: Well, this is the colossally shallow. And it's not.
2: I mean, yeah. it sounds like it. that's really no, not I went, the case i spent all. two
1: long evenings. I went to an apartment, beautiful apartment in the Upper West Side, uh, for, for several hours, and... No, it's just people can just go and I'm sure it comes up in little conversations. You might end up going, "How did you meet Pamela?" That seems to be it, and we go, "Well, this thing happened. I met her through this." But it's not like, but this is what's like so victimhood at, uh, parade, you know.
0: This is what to me is so disappointingly shallow about the entire article because there is something to write about. Both what I referred to earlier about why is it that people that's exactly gather, right. and then why is it that some people feel compelled to hang out with the canceled as, as almost as a kind of principle that they're standing up for something? What What is it that Pamela feels she's standing up for when she uh, socializes with this guy, Elliot? It's not, she's not, st- I mean, I haven't spoken to her about it, but I guarantee you she's not standing up for people who are accused of rape. She's no. not soft mm. on rape. She's no. not soft on sexual assault. What she's standing up for is the idea that this is, not, this is not the way we should be living. And that just because somebody writes something about somebody on the Internet doesn't mean we should all then ostracize that person. And this is, you know, this reminds me a little bit of when people, you know, people criticize Kavanaugh. He's a gang rapist. And then Kavanaugh freaked out. He didn't freak out at at first with Blasey Ford, but then when that Avenatti thing came up, was her name name Swetnick? And that people did the train and all this kind of crazy accusations. Mm -hmm. The guy had a meltdown. Now, to me, the meltdown was understandable, if not, I mean, something I'm sure he wished he could have controlled. But when you are a hair's breadth away from, the reality that for the rest of your life, yeah, people are going to view you not just as the guy who uh, got handsy when he was 17 in bed drunk with the high school girl, which is bad, bad enough in today's climate, but as the guy who gang raped. Sure. And literally nobody for the rest of your life is going to want to socialize with you. That's a cancel. That to me, that
1: that Uh, like the word cancel fits. So,
0: so you go 180 from I'm I'm I've been a honorable judge in the system, and I'm going about to reach the high point of my career, being appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Mm. And in a whirlwind of 48, ninety, ninety six hours, whatever it is, you're about to be stamped as a gang rapist for the rest of your life. And the fucking guy has a meltdown. So what did the smart people, the New Yorker types, say? Well, I don't know about anything else, but he clearly doesn't have the disposition to be a Supreme Court justice. So even if he's telling the truth, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Because look how he, he handled that. Handled that. Now, of course, we know that if this had been, let's say, a trans person or any and any, you know, any sympathetic class person freaking out. It, with their righteous indignation, it would be called righteous indignation. Look yes. at everything here, but because it's Kavanaugh. So this this is what this all reminds me of. Now, lucky for Kavanaugh, the guy who accused him or the guy who was pulling the strings on the accusation, Avenatti is where, Periel? In jail. In
2: jail. jail. In, in jail. In
0: jail. So, and this is as good a lesson as any, for people to be able to understand why it is that people like Pamela are right to withhold judgment about these accusations, because we saw before our own eyes, yeah. published in major in- major publications, that this guy was accused of being a gang rapist, but he wasn't, and, and that wasn't even a, guilty. Yeah, and that wasn't even an anonymous accusation; that was on record through a lawyer. So when you see that, you say, "So you know what?" I, you expect me to ostracize this man? Sure. Because somebody filled out a spreadsheet anonymously online, that makes you somehow soft on sexual assault? Or, no, it doesn't. It, it it means that you that you, you 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 haven't drank the Kool-Aid. You haven't been body snatched. You still believe in certain principles which cue the music which made the country great. And I'm I I I can't be more proud
1: to be an American.
0: <laughs> but it's true. This is what made the country great. And we're we're heading the other direction. Now, why is it that I don't want to mention any of the names or the people that I'm quite proud to know and communicate with and sit with in the olive tree, whatever it is, b- vacation with? I don't want any harm to come to them. Mm. I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not big paranoid. I'm sure they don't. If anybody of them listening to this, please don't say my name. No. <laughs> please don't say my, I'm sure they are. Yeah. I don't blame them. Because in some way, I am now smeared by this. A little bit of that slime. It doesn't take a lot of feces yeah. to stink, does it? A little bit. <laughs> Any mom knows that. A little feces on you. Holy shit. Did you shit in your pants? Yeah. A little feces is on me now. A little right, bit, the slightest
2: right,
0: right, bit. Right? right. right? Death by a thousand feces, as I said. <laughs> Fecal matter. Anyway, so and that's the proper analogy. And so just to... Wrap it up, and I'll let you say whatever you want to say. I was writing emails to Remnick, who, by the way, we have mutual friends. He's been here. The man has been here. He knows firsthand that we're not running some kind of dissident out, you know, scene down here. And I asked, um, and we asked Roder, can uh, Emma Emma Green, that's an Emma Green, come on the show to discuss the article with us? I prom-. nope, she's not coming on the show. The writer, uh, I've written her. Will you tell me? Who the dissidents are? No. Can I have access to my? I didn't record it. Can I have access to my own interview, a transcript or a recording of my own interview, so I can play it for them? No, you can't have that. But it's my. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. Remnick says that's not our. That's not our. One of them says not our policy. Remnick said we we won't do that. Yeah. They won't give me the recording. They have nothing to hide, mind you. They're very proud of their story, but they don't want to risk the interview that I gave. Going public. Sure. I said the fact checkers said how would call me back. They won't, they won't dispute that I said that. The fact now, the New Yorker, anyway, Google it, is they pride themselves on their fact checking. And yet I told them this is not true. The story is not true. Not just in detail, in the essence of everything they're describing. It's not true. Um, and I want to speak to somebody. He won't even engage me on that. I mean, from top to bottom, you could just imagine. And now, my theory is that maybe he's afraid of his own staff, his own writers.
1: Well, you'd have to be at a place like that. Yeah, they have you hostage, right? Yeah.
0: Now, tell us, tell us, if you didn't already, tell us what exactly was your conversation with the fact checker. Did, did you tell us everything already? First, he's,
1: he said, uh, "My," he said, "I." Uh, uh, I don't know if he saw me, but he said my friends just saw you at the comedy cellar. They loved you. I hope to come and see you there. <laughs> so he, I knew he was a fan of mine. I knew he was rooting for me, and that he wanted to clear this stuff up. Um, it was very disorganized. It, it seemed like he, it, it, almost like his papers were falling apart as he was reading them. I don't know if that's by design. To go, oh, uh, sorry, I'm not sure. No, I don't. Think it, no. So I, I said. I cleared up my points. I said, D- you have to mention the lawsuit if you're going to bring this up. Do not just say I'm a straight white guy complaining I'm not working because, by the way, I am working a ton because uh, I've created my I own career.
0: Imagine you're a black guy and you've been told don't apply here because you're black. And they describe, and you have a lawsuit, you're suing for discrimination. And they describe you in a New Yorker as, he says he has a hard time getting a job because he's black.
1: Yeah, no. Could you imagine? Like, could you? Is that? P- well, that's our whole point in this lawsuit. My lawyers keeping it very simple is. But just stop, just stop for a second. Yeah. Think about that. For yeah. A second. That
0: that that is. I wish I'd thought of that earlier before people might have turned this off. Like, that is such the perfect illustration. <clears throat> Nobody would ever. You didn't mention. You claim. You described him as having a hard time. You didn't mention he has a lawsuit with somebody on tape
1: saying we're not going to hire you because you're a massive black. story it, or it would be. It's not a massive story. It's I went on Dr. Phil to talk about it. He was one of the only people to, to have me on, but no, you're exactly right. And that's my whole point is like, why would I put up with that? Why would I put up with a different standard? Why would I treat myself differently? So exactly that, true. that I was really mad about because I, that's the last thing I want because I get attacked so much. Oh, you're just playing a victim. No, I'm just standing up for myself. I didn't give up. It'd be one thing if I gave up. I was like, screw the comedy seller, screw I didn't give up. I kept working. Did you
0: sleep with Pamela Peresky to get this job?
1: <laughs> Continue, sorry, sorry. No, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Um Yeah. So so that that really, was three. That really <laughs> pissed me off. I I I I I really made I should you have to include this. Do not mention this, you know. And, and and so they obviously chose to leave that out. Obviously.
0: Uh, what else? What else did you tell him to leave out?
1: Uh I, no, I didn't tell I told him to include it. Uh, what and, else I um, told him to include? Uh what else did he mention? Um th- yeah, and I said don't say that I just say controversial fit jokes for the hell of it. Uh, you know, I made that. Those were my two clear points and they didn't they didn't clear up any listen, of it. we get emails about controversial comedians. I've never gotten an email about you.
0: Not once. I mean, uh, uh, complaining about you.
1: I stand out the i I stand outside the door after every show, every single show. I have my QR code for my Instagram, so I literally talk to every single person that walks out, or I see their face. So that's also a great way to get feedback on how you did. It's just stand right there when everyone walks out. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I do all sorts of stuff. I do silly stuff, impressions, subway jokes. It's not, you know, it's easy to just go, oh, he just talks about this one thing. I don't and. And it's really hard to even do a joke about uh it involves a trans person because you know someone's gonna say it's transphobic or whatever. So so those are the things I do the least, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, I mean I just of course it's fair game to make fun of Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, that's the whole point of comedy. You should be able to make fun of whoever you want. Um, I don't have to like it.
1: Um 20 years ago, that would have been an SNL sketch, you know what I mean? So that's why I was like, I'm just trying to keep the same standard that I grew up with, which was when I thought, you know, places like SNL were were much more fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we've covered it. I tried to cover it pretty politely. Um,
2: You were very polite.
1: We got to record it. You got to bring your own recorder. That's what I took from this, is I have to record everything.
0: I, I know that. I, I don't I, I know that lesson. I don't know why I didn't record. I mean I do know why I didn't record. It. I don't know why I was so stupid.
1: Did you have a higher sense of trust on this one? Yeah, I I thought because of the provenance of this
0: contact that um this was not like this is nothing I had to worry about.
1: Mm. And, and, and it's not gonna do, you know, not gonna do you any harm, I don't think.
0: No, it's just well, it's disappointing, but you—but the thing is, you do never know because sometimes things come down to a building's department inspector, a community board member. Mm. Um, you find yourself in it where one particular person has some some powerful sway over the trajectory of your future in a way. You know th- these things do happen, and you don't need them having a false impression of you. It's bad enough if they have a proper impression of me but you know
1: <laughs> that's what you're really trying to avoid <laughs> no you know
0: so but you're but you're most certainly right it's not it's a thou, it's one of a thousand cuts yes. that's that's my only point
1: exactly and the people that come here are probably not people reading the new yorker they're people that want to see comedy they no. really are
2: as one reddit user said <laughs> <laughs>
1: that really is as one guy overdosing on the subway said
2: <laughs> how, I,
0: how can you be a journalist and look yourself in the mirror and, and have written the line as one Reddit user put it? <laughs> in, unless you're trying to make a people point. People
1: on the internet are saying, "I yeah, hate that." It's like, that's a Trump. Why saying. do
0: we put up? That's exactly with that. what Trump said. Lots of people are saying. Yeah, that's exactly what she's saying. Lots of people are saying. Now it's okay to quote Reddit user when you're trying to make a point of how ridiculous people on Reddit are, or whatever it is, sure. you know, or, or what. Kind of grumbling. Use
1: that as a credible source to you say, to...
0: You say like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of vaccine denial out there as 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 uh, an example on Reddit somebody said blah 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 I get that it's kind sure of like the, but she's actually trying to make. To solidify an actual point about you, as if it's true.
2: Well, now what you can it's say- The point so is not that. about the
0: Reddit user, the point is about you.
2: Right, but now what you can say is that um, the New Yorker said that you're blowing up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. That, she's right. That could be my credit on stage. There you go. Coming up next, one Reddit user has seen his-, his No, stuff. she's no. just saying-
2: is, is, He's blowing up. He's blowing the up in New Yorker magazine. Right,
1: right, right. Oh, I will do that. Yeah, yeah. you really should I He's blowing up in New Yorker magazine.
0: It's a good idea. It's, 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 as, Periel- yeah, that is the most genius, smartest thing I have <laughs> ever heard you say. It is a first-class, grade A, solid gold idea.
1: I'll make the yeah. I'll I'll, uh, I'll Photoshop that. I'll make that. I'll put the New Yorker thing and just quote. He's blowing up.
2: You could put that on t-shirts. Yeah, for your merch. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. No, I think one Reddit user said is a funnier thing to put on merch. <laughs> you should put it on the back. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it was actually one Reddit. Really one. small. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, are we done?
2: Yeah. Mostly just because I'm starving.
1: Great. I think we clear it up. Let's keep your recorder with you. I mean, look, I wouldn't have had this whole lawsuit if I didn't have to record the damn conversation.
0: Uh, More important lesson than keep your recorder with you is to always assume you're being recorded. Say that one more time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) telling you always assume you're being recorded. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah.
2: I just the thing that bothers me is I feel like this wasn't written with integrity like and that that's the part that rubs me really the wrong way that it came with sort of this perspective and agenda and it sort of made these things sort of fit into whatever narrative they presupposed and you expect and I said and I said this in the beginning maybe I'm being really naive um but you really expect that, especially from the fucking New Yorker. Or what about
1: maybe, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, or going into, like, why are these meetings happening? Maybe can we take a step back and go, do we want these mostly white dissidents hanging out privately? Maybe not a good idea, you know, from our point of view. Maybe this is, now we have people meeting in these private groups, and rather than having a, a public conversation. Well, it just they didn't go it into sound, that at all.
2: It makes it sound like you walk into the olive tree and it's like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> that
1: is what it makes it sound like.
2: The, and, and it's just like it's ridiculous. It is Because it's ridiculous. patently false. Yeah. And as anybody who hangs out there regularly, as I do, you know that that's not true. Sure. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's psychotic.
1: Anyway. Okay. I think we cleared it up, though. Nice Info morning.
2: at Comedy Seller. No. Podcast at com for Podcast
0: questions. at comedy seller.com And if you have any, um, if you're out there and you want to come on our podcast, if you've written anything interesting, any essays or studies, please send them to me. Or if you have any memes
1: you've written, you're proud of, please <laughs> send them to Periel. <laughs> <laughs> any Reddit users that have commented one or more times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Bye. Bye.